Welcome to the Dynasty Think Tank. I'm Chad Parsons. He's Jordan McNamara, and we share our research, experience, and acumen to build dynasty winners and unlock ceiling outcomes. Now is the time to seek elite results. And our conversation this week begins with Jordan McNamara nominating himself as a new position in the NFL, uh, one that can be a trusted resource for teams and one that might have saved the 49ers in the Super Bowl as well. So, And, and that's going to be a, a major talking point as we go through this show. I'm going to be a consigliere to teams facing Patrick Mahomes. And I want to bring to them the specific service of the understanding that once he appears, you're already dead. So it's just a matter of can you void that off long enough for you to actually win the game? Because if given sufficient time, he is going to kill you. Um, And I just I can't these teams, the Bills did it by choosing to kick and then they they lost anyways, which was justice. Um, But. (laughs) You know, I've seen all these analytical models and uh, about this going for, you know, taking the ball or not, right? Listen, NFL teams, you can model this to death. um, And I'm an analytics guy and and everything. You can model this to death, but the model is not going to account for a couple of things. Number one, teams will never get over the loss aversion fact of getting the ball first and not scoring. Right. So any fourth down decision that you are going to face, you are never going to truly optimize that decision because the the risk of taking zero is too much for people to stomach. Right. Because they would rather they would rather take three and lose by the other team getting six than take zero and the other team winning three. Right. Even though it's the same factor. Right. So that's the first thing. Um but the other thing is, and you don't even need to be an analytics person to, to understand this. Okay. Four is bigger than three by a lot. Okay. Four downs to get a first down is a lot bigger than three downs to get a first down. And I just, I don't understand in what set of scenarios would you be like, you know what? I want to hand Patrick Mahomes all the knowledge he needs and an extra set of downs. And at the all, end of the day, the ability to say, you know what, we're going to score a touchdown and we're going to go for two. And like in every set of they circumstances. still control it. Right. You, you, and no, you, you score just... a touchdown, they still control it. Correct. And, and you know and what? And then if you go for two, if you go for, for a touchdown and then two, then you're an idiot. Right. <laughs> right? And then would the be, same problem. Would be, what are you doing? Because then, then if you miss it, they just have to kick an extra point. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, right. There's no real good answer here. Here's the good answer the two things you have to do. Number one, you have to drain the clock. Number mm-hmm. two, and more importantly than that, so you do this first, then you drain clock, is you have to be up by two scores. Yeah. You have to make it so that if we hand you the ball, if we turn over the ball, if we punt the ball, if we kick a field goal in the red zone, all these things, you can give it to them, but give it to them up by nine or more. That's the key. You cannot give it to them three four six seven like you can't do this it's gotta be nine the new math is nine (laughs) that protects you from anything that's going to happen because what and and here's the thing i've watched football this year so differently and part of that is mahomes but part of that is just you see these teams that have that guy and when you go into these games and you start farting around early in the game because guess what? Chiefs are farting around too. But guess what? You were farting around and you you, you had a chance. You're up 10 nothing, and all of a sudden it becomes 10-6. It becomes you're all of a sudden you're down, game on. Like, and then you just keep kicking field goals, and they're gonna be fine. Let's take you to the end. Just tell us what we need. Because and then the, the 49ers play hold my beer at the end. Oh yeah, let's like I've stopped reacting. I don't know about you, Jordan. I don't react to these drives at all. Boy, they're really putting it together. Six-minute drive, 10 plays. Here they are, workmanlike, going down the field. It all means nothing because you're going to get down there. And guess what? Especially, and I think the underrated part of this is the Chiefs play defense perfectly. What did they do? Light it up. Mm -hmm. Light that guy up and make him throw the ball with someone jumping, leaping, you know, elbowing him in the ribs right after he throws, we're going to put bodies on Purdy. And if he can deliver 
enough times on third down when he knows we're coming, Godspeed. And he couldn't do it over and over again. Tip passes, getting moved off his spot. And guess what? Those giant running lanes and pulling off Minshew magic, if you will, was not there. And it's just, you need to come up with the goods. And Mahomes did it easily. Like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to have the option. I'm going to go out here, go out here to the edge. I can run for 15 yards. Maybe I'll throw a little push pass for five yards. He runs for another 10. It was easy stuff. Easy stuff. And then go on the opposite side. What do the 40 yards have to do with? Wreckage in the pocket. Like, you're not getting out of this pocket. No, that's it. Incompletion mm -hmm. after incompletion. And so you have Spags who plays the perfect way, which is like, hey, I'm going to light you up, and I'm either going to force you to kick a field goal, force you to go for it on fourth, or you're going to score faster. <laughs> you know, it's going to be a zero blitz, and, you know, you're going to score and leave plenty of time. So that's the – all those outcomes are fine. You sit there in a tie game. You're like, we're fine with all this. <laughs> you want to st you stall and kick a field goal? Works for us. Uh, maybe we'll get a tip pass interception. Works for us. You want to score a touchdown fast? Works for us because we might go down and go for two and you still lose. <laughs> the whole right. idea. I mean, it's it's only about what's left at the end of the clock. So I think that that marriage is so perfect of like what they did on defense. Ver you know, and, and think the 49ers just thinking. I mean, haven't they done this before? Again, these long drives are meaningless. Give me the third down play in the red zone and tell me just to fast forward to that moment. Right. All that other crap doesn't even matter. Yep. You hold your breath with that kicker anyway. So <laughs> what, are, what are we doing here? You know what I mean? Like, and Butker, good Lord. Like everyone talks about Justin Tucker, that guy weapon. Of course well, he hit it. He hit it lower than you probably drive the ball, Jordan. <laughs> like, he, that was 57 he, yarder. Well, group me was down, which sucked because I was having some good chats in the like group me. I couldn't send messages and I, I know other people are experiencing that, too. I didn't know if it was just me. Um, I had been banned from like social media for like 24 hours. So I didn't know if that I didn't think I did anything to, to, to but I, who knows? again. Um, I wasn't. I actually wasn't, um, uh, you know, so I wasn't sure what was not. But I was like, he hit that. It, it's like it's a like he took a huge just a yeah, just a huge like. I'm going to hit a huge here. hack and was just like, I'm going to just drill this. <laughs> and it was like, it was like a, it was like a low draw. And it's just one of those balls like in golf. Like I, I, if you hit a low draw, like you can hit that ball forever. If you get it right. Like that's, that's what the ball trajectory felt like. Um, I just, there's that, there's so that joke inevitable. God hits a one iron. He's, uh, yeah. You know, it's, yeah. that's the sort of thing. Yeah. Um, He's just so inevitable. Like, well, it's here's just, the other thing. It's just, See, you, you should be you should be the consigliere because here's the thing: you probably go into every single one of these games and you're like, "We well, didn't play as well as he plays against the Bills." It's, so it's, you, dude, it so makes you guys have it lucky. So you nauseous. guys have it lucky. Like you nauseous. go to these games and you're like, "You guys have it so easy. You have no idea what you should be getting throttled." You know, Correct. you know, like you are getting an easy. You're, you're getting a C plus game here. Correct. And that, that that's what's crazy though. Like. You're, you're we're highlighting the fact that he had that airmail interception and it's like he looks like crap for a quarter and a half minimum and all this stuff and yet he still completed what 75 80 percent of his passes uh you know we point out the little flaws because that's all there is mvs mm -hmm. doing some drop step back eight yards like what are we doing here right. like all these little things and it's like imagine if those things weren't there <laughs> like yeah. yeah i just it's um it's it's remarkable um i just <laughs> You know it's funny, like that was a Josh Allen drive, right? Like, like I, you th that last drive, he's running the ball, and you're like, this is exactly what Josh Allen would, should, or does do. Yeah. It's like, like I'm gonna gut you with my leg. Like, this is it, yeah. right? Yeah. Mahomes has that DNA of like he's not gonna do that stuff like against the Raiders, you know, no. week six. No, but it's like game time, late. Like he would have run it ten times if he needed to on that Absolutely. last drive. Yeah, it's horrifying. It really is. Like when he's. Yeah, it's just it's horrifying. Let's keep um, making fun of his dad, Bod. Yeah, right. <laughs> Guys, right. fortune you. I've I so I've watched him now. Like I have lost, and as a Bills fan, I've lost in horrifying fashion. Like for basically thirty five years of my life, and he has been the culprit of that like horrifyingness for like the last five years. So I would have like zero fear of losing against him, and I would do outrageous things like. If I so like yesterday is a good example of this. Like if I was Kyle, and by the way, we can debate this whole decision to kick or not kick. Mm -hmm. They didn't know the rule, and and if you don't believe me, 
Go look at the two conflicting answers that Kyle Shanahan has given about his decision because they conflict in a way that just shows he didn't know the rule either. Okay, so that's the first thing. And, and the so flip side is the, the and, and the flip side is the Chiefs. The Chiefs specifically like stimulated. Simulated, Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, hey, we're going to overtime. Let's Absolutely. go over this. You know, Absolutely. here's the toss. Here's what we're doing. Yeah. And 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 honestly, it's a really good. Just a quick it's aside. Like a Belichick thing, right? Like Belichick oh, yeah. would know the ins 100%. and outs of all the rules of like, hey, hey, take a penalty. Take a penalty. And in this, this is a really good example stuff. for us too. Like, there are patterns that appear, and this is really good. Like in season dynasty tip, but obviously season's over now. But this is a really good example. Like in rookie drafts too, when you're faced with a situation, right? The dynasty is just a set of stimuli that should prompt a response, right? So like the, it's an event. Okay. It's a, it's basically an if then type of situation all the time. So like if X happens, Y should be my response. Okay. There are times I'll deviate from Y, but, but generally speaking, if I see X happen, I should do Y, right? If, if situation A happens, I should do B, right? Like it is, it is honestly, formulaic. it's, it's very formal and that's good, right? That's not boring. That's not, you know, you need to recreate the wheel well, because when, when pressure is hard, like when you, when you face pressurized decisions, you should want to fall back on very simple rules that are very un- easy to understand and that you've thought about a lot and you truly understand. Cause then it gives you the conviction to do it, which is what they did. Right. Kansas city did that and they knew they were going to be in that situation. So when you talk about championship pedigree mattering, that's exactly the type of thing that shows up. Um, so that's the one thing. The other thing is like, this is this whole thing. Like I would, if I was the coach and I, I, this is why I think the models are wrong because if I was the coach, I would break the model and I would say, listen, you're going to, we're going to give them the ball and then they can do whatever they're going to do. And we are not kicking. I don't care. We are going to go. If it's fourth, because if it's fourth and 14, guess what? They, they, they probably punt. You know what I mean? Like right. there are a penalty. Correct. They, they, you can get them Correct. to punt on that opening drive. Right. Whereas that second drive, they will not punt. Right. But I am playing, and this is the thing that I would do differently than, than I think the models are going to comprehend, which is why I think the clear decision is to go for it. And again, I, this all comes from the, the thought that Mahomes is going to, Mahomes is going to murder you unless you can somehow get him first. And really the only way to get him first is to sort of hope that variance, right? You don't want to play Mahomes for a longer period of time, right? This is a good example of this, right? Actually, the Detroit game was a good example of that too. As you play better teams, you beat them over a longer period of time. You beat them in the first quarter. You beat them for two quarters. You beat them for 2.25 quarters, whatever it is. But you saw this coming. Like you start seeing little signs and then, then, you know, all of a sudden, you start reverting your players. Yeah. It's yeah. like, who is this guy? Yeah. No one's ever heard of that guy that the the punt went off his foot. No, I have never heard of that guy. Mm-hmm. And then you you start having these little plays, these little moments. And it's like, and, and then guess what? They in-game adjust. Like when I see the Chiefs figure it out and you see the signs of that late first, early second half. And then you're like, well, now we have game on. Like it's regular right. Chiefs offense. Right. So good luck yeah. with all of that. And, and that's, once once that happens, you have to go full throttle into aggressive mode because you're like, well, now they're scoring, you right. know, like, right. like, so now our lead means nothing if right. we had a lead. Yeah. And so I would, I would give Mahomes the ball and then I would say, well, I'm not giving it back to him. <laughs> this is, I actually says at the end of the Bills game, um, remember we talked about this, my approach would be whatever they do, we're going to do more. And, and it, we're going to, we, we will the game is going to be decided with the ball in my hands and I'm not giving it back to Satan because he's going to kill us. Right. And so if they score a field goal, we're going to go score a touchdown. Right. I don't care if we give up a 19 yard field goal, because if we give them the ball back, we're going to lose. Um, and I'm not trusting my defense. Like you can't as a, as the Patrick Mahomes opponent consigliere, I don't care how good your defense is. He is going to shred it at the end of the games, right? You can't depend on your defense to stop him. Right. And and, it, and especially you can't depend on your defense for four downs to stop it. Maybe you get lucky with three, like you said, a penalty, any of those things. Right. The the more the smaller you shrink your sample size, right? The more variance can happen that that benefits you. But the bigger the sample size is for Mahomes, the more he's going to show up. Right. So I would say, listen, we'll give him the ball, right? Let's hope we stop him. Let's hope we hold him to a field goal, but we're not giving it back. Right? We are not we are gonna this this game is gonna end with the ball in our hands. 
because I'm going to go down and we're going to use four downs. We're not kicking, right? We are not going to kick to tie this game. We're going to go score to t- win. The, we're going to go score a touchdown if they kick a field goal. And we're going for two if they score a touchdown, right? Because we are not giving him the ball back. And I just, I think that like, again, I've lost so many times and I'm not a head coach who's got to justify that. But I actually think like <laughs> over the course and history of, of this these is games. stupidity, right? Do the same thing over and over again. Expect you a know, different result. It's, it, it's, it's crazy. It's, yeah, it, it's insanity. So, so here's the thing. You would rather lose a different way, right? At mm-hmm. some point. And I mean, there's so many analogies. Again, I play tennis and it's like, you don't play the same point the same way. Like if you, if it's a known loser, the first thing they say, it's pattern of play and right. whatever, you know, if that's hockey, if that's baseball, if that's whatever, right. but you know, if you're going to go down, like if you face a hit a pitcher this in this certain situation, it's like, you know, yeah, he goes, he goes fastball in, fastball in, then breaker away. It's like you have to like why if he keeps getting you out that way, what you you have the pitcher has no reason to deviate. So mm-hmm. like you have to start guessing on pitches, you have to start changing the pattern. Otherwise. There's no reason. And in this situation, mm-hmm. you've gone down so many times. The NFL at large has gone down so many times against Mahomes because what do you do? You kind of you play the normal way as if you're playing. Let's face it. You know, if you were playing a lesser quarterback or not Patrick Mahomes, like you can get a, like your win percentage is going to be better than good luck. Like you're, you can make a stop, you know, on de- on defense, but it's just not happening. And so I would rather go down with my offense. Maybe it's a suboptimal offense. But go down that way and and say, you know, if you miss it, here's the other thing. You miss it deep in the territory, at least he, they still have to go 40 yards, 40, 50 yards to get a field goal. So, uh, and you have a chance to win. See, that's the, that's the thing. You have a, a chance to actually get to the third frame or whatever, you know, it is we're doing. And, and here's the other thing that I was thinking about. The in-game adjustments, I, the more I watch the 49ers, the less I see it. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. the, it's like they're front runners. And the deeper these games go, and again, I know they had some drives to win games and all this stuff, but just I become worried about them as the game goes. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know what that comes from. Is that a jittery coach? Is that, I mean, you, you know, you're kind of the DNA of your coach, you know, to some, I mean, there's a, they always talk about having a vibe for a team and just, I don't know, it worries me. And the other thing I, I didn't really, you know, the longer I, I thought about it after the game, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, they tractor beam that stuff. And when Dre Greenlaw went down, I mean, you you put a target on a guy that really hasn't played a whole lot, and it's tough. I mean, the, the one stat, I mean, they went after him, the uh, the Oren Burks guy, nine targets, nine catches allowed, one touchdown. I mean, he got absolutely shredded. Mm-hmm. So that was another thing. And here's the here's the best one, best Mahomes, well, one of the Mahomes stats. You can have 100 of them. But he's played 114 games in his career. He's only lost by more than a touchdown four times. He does not get blown out. So, so he's always in this game. So when percentage is high, why? He gets a lot of practice. That's the other thing, right? You get a lot of practice if you're in close games. Mm-hmm. And so this whole, like, you know, being battle-tested, going through that that AFC gauntlet on the road, tough stuff. I mean, I can't remember the Miami game. They won comfortable, right? Yeah, that was mm-hmm. the, yeah, that was, yeah, that was comfortable. Yeah. Um. But otherwise, two tough opponents go on the road. Needed it. Needed the whole thing. I just. And this was the year to catch them. I keep going back to this. This is the worst they will be. It's horrifying. If I, so let's. I'll, I'll give you one good piece of news, Chad. I'll give you one good piece of news. Okay. Tom Brady has won seven Super Bowls. Okay. The first three came in four years. Right. Two thousand one. Two thousand three. Two thousand four. He didn't get his fourth until 2014. So there was 10 years um, and he only made it back twice and he lost both of them. Right. So if I'm looking around and I'm Buffalo or Cincinnati or whoever, and I'm like, I got to stare at this guy forever. Right. Like you do, but you better make it count. It's hard. It's really hard. Make it count. What we've seen though. I mean, I I think at some point we talked earlier in the summer or whatever. I was like, ah, w- went back watched Mahomes. You know, went back and watched you know some of these Chiefs playoff games. Tight margins, tight margins. You know, against the Borough, against Buffalo, against you know, and at some point you're going to get a scare. Even if you're a really good team, even if you, relatively speaking, comfortably win the Super Bowl, tight moments. 
And I, I look back, I think one of the reasons you lose the Super Bowl and it's tough to get back is because those two teams are largely healthy and you lost that game. Neither team's probably going to be as healthy the next year, but guess what? They were better than you. So they're going to be more resilient to bad things going wrong. And frankly, probably have the better quarterback, you know, if we're not going to mix words. I mean, so if you have the better quarterback, both of both these teams have some regression for, for injuries and just things not going that well. It kind of feel like the Chiefs already like they paid they bought on credit. <laughs> like, you know, mm-hmm. they already had the 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 year of quizzical losses and uh, you know, low seed and life isn't good anymore, and they still won. Man, you give them a couple weapons this offseason. He didn't even have it. He, look at what he really had. If you heard I some of the stuff, I can't re- even. <laughs> Wisconsin Sports Talk Radio, if you heard how they were talking down the stretch run of this season about Marquez Valdez scaling, of like how he's going to cost the Chiefs, he helped them. Two or three huge plays. They had Rasheed Rice. They had, exactly, bring him back from the dead. Can't play on the Jets. Bring him back. We got some packages. We're going to play hot dog, hot dog, corn dog on two. We're going to play. So, I, they were mashing it together. We said, you know, Travis Kelsey, is he going to retire? Is he Dunsky? You know, he, he that's the he big can... news from this game, by the way, from a fantasy is perspective, is that he's back. Yeah. He committed to coming back. Oh, he committed to being back. Yes, he did. It's like, I don't know what all this talk is about. Yeah, there he very go. much you did. You dropped him to tight end six at your own peril. <laughs> yeah, we're going for a three peat, which again, how, does it, how does it sound, Jordan? How does it sound? Brock Bowers, like four, five, six spots in Dynasty over Travis Kelsey. Good keep, luck. Keep betting on it. Keep Good doing luck. it. By the Go way, that first... game off really helped him, huh? That he took week 18 off, and that that really seemed like it rejuvenated him. But um, yep. did you see the best? I saw the my favorite. I didn't I didn't seek out a whole bunch of social media stuff today, but um the one thing I did, we're by the way recording this on Monday. The thing I did see was um uh <laughs> there uh Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift are at what some sort of party it appears it's in front of the bellagio and um they're dancing to one of her songs and the camera pans to jason kelsey and he's got like a rustling mask on and he's just going nuts (laughs) that's awesome that's awesome i just um i mean you know as much as as much as i like he's killed me like mahomes is just crushed me in like some you know real rooting interest moments i st- i can never hate him he's just that good and every time i tune it in like it's just you just like you know you're gonna see some greatness and it's just you know it's just it's, amazing by the way my six-year-old my six-year-old yeah. this tonight i was talking to her about the game i actually was showing her some next-gen dots and she was like super interested in what was going on and so she she turns to me and she goes who's gonna be in the next super bowl kansas city and who and i'm like I mean, she's right. What a time to be alive. <laughs> to have that vantage point. Yeah, what a time to be alive. Who's yeah. next? Who's next? Who's they going to vanquish? Who's NFC next team for vanquish now? Yeah, so at least I've got her, like, accepting life's realities as a Bills fan at six years old. Like, it's, um, yeah. I will just say enjoy this because, like, I, I said it with Brady. Like, you're watching something that is really tough to find, especially in football, especially when you see continued, prolonged, annual, you know, again, you're not going to win seven Super Bowls in seven years. That just, it it, it literally is impossible. But, you know, winning seven over his long career, going to the playoffs, having buys, winning divisions as many times as he did. Historically, we just don't see that. Mahomes is the closest thing that we've seen since or overlapping it screws you know it's going to screw lamar jackson it might screw josh allen it might screw you know whoever else in the afc or heck might might be doing that to nfc teams and quarterbacks before he's said and done but i haven't had these vibes honestly like i didn't to the same degree i didn't have it with brady but the the thing i can go back to the most is my heyday when i and this was right in my wheelhouse of like eight to 15 years old where in my socks Inside with my Nerf hoop, watching uh, NBC Bulls games, Michael Jordan in his prime, and just I haven't got feelings about an athlete since then. And 
I was a Bulls fan. I love Michael Jordan. Just watching those games, uh, watching all those guys like Barkley and Ewing and just they Reggie Miller, they never got a chance. Like, good luck. And it feels like the AFC right now is, you know, one of those good luck scenarios. And Jordan was just a killer. And and it was the same sort of thing. You cannot give him the chance because he will cut your heart out <laughs> and he will smile doing it. And he's going to do it way more often. Not that he, ever, he always succeeds, but the problem is, especially in basketball, you got to do it out of seven. And that's mm-hmm. the real thing. I mean, imagine if you got to beat the Chiefs two out of three. Like, mm-hmm. then just, just... So at least it's a one-off scenario. At least, I mean, airmail interception, you know, you had the Pacheco fumble. You had your chances. Had your chances. And and so I, I would just say, like you said, it's hard to hate him. I know some people do, but enjoy watching greatness. And yeah. like you said, doesn't it doesn't mean he's going to get a Super Bowl in the next five years. Maybe he stalls out and gets three or four for his career. But we know it when we see it. This is it. Um, and, and I thought this year was way more impressive than any of the other years. It creates a dialogue of, you know, how much do you actually need around an elite quarterback? You know, or maybe it redefines what elite is. You know, if your quarterback needs, re- you know, you keep saying we need more weapons, more weapons, more weapons. And some of these teams are saying that with their draft, right? Add more weapons. We already have two good guys. Get more. Add a third first-round wide receiver and all this stuff. Maybe it means your quarterback isn't good enough. Maybe that's the biggest thing, right? If you are saying all that, it means they're not the one. And maybe that means you are just you have an uphill battle because there's 10 of those teams right now. Good luck. And if you're in the AFC, there's four, five, six of them. And you've got to go up against this guy. And if and, and if you're saying that, I just need more weapons, more weapons. I don't know. Fire sale blitz on third and five in the red zone. And you got to have it and field goal as Jordan, your consigliere is saying, that's not an option. So you have to have an answer in that moment. And the, the quarterback is more the answer because we saw Juwan Jennings make plays. We've seen a number of quote unquote ancillary guys down the stretch run of this NFL season make plays. So to pretend like you have to have Jamar Chase, T Higgins, draft another guy in the first round, get some stud tight end. I, I think it comes down to the quarterback. I don't think it comes down to the weapons. Mm-hmm. I'll just say that mm-hmm. coach quarterback, and then good luck. Pick your channels. Yeah. Hurdy, by defense. the way. Yeah, uh, zero turnover he plays, five percent pressure to sack rate. Wow, uh, and just still, um, and no, he didn't. He didn't uh, turn the ball over. What was the pressure rate? Because I mean, it it felt like, especially like if we had that broken 50%. down, fifty percent. Oh, see there it is. So he, they pressured him on twenty of forty one dropbacks, and he was locked into that pocket. So again, I mean, they pinned him in, and they fired him up. Chris Jones, I mean, interior pressure. Isn't that what Tom Brady said all those years? Mm-hmm. Protect the edge and then rough them up straight straight in front of them. Yep. Uh, I thought the tweet that you retweeted it, and I, I've now retweeted it. Um, <laughs> it's unbelievable. I got to get who actually said it. So uh, Andrew Cooper at Coop A Fiasco on Twitter. Every time Brock Purdy walked off the field last night, the 49ers had the lead. That's how hard it is to beat Patrick Mahomes. You better make sure he's dead. I mean, that's you can't that's, put it any better than that. Crazy. And that's as good as you get in terms of like <laughs> something end up. I mean, that is a, that is a that's a scary, scary, scary proposition. You know, you never trailed. And <laughs> and here's the thing. <laughs> and you I, lose. I just, like I just can't. <laughs> how is it though? We've seen with Mahomes two different iterations. He was literally the biggest baller huge big game hunter of huge passing plays the Tyreek Hill era just spread it out I'm gonna gun you down right I mean that the YOLO throws to to Tyreek Hill that was the last time the 49ers played right I mean so we have that iteration and now we have the surgical good luck that was his first turnover worthy play since week 16 I mean, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? Are we so you're going to get no. So you, you, you got the turnover worthy play. It turned into a turnover. Uh-huh. You couldn't yeah. do it. You yeah. got a Pacheco red zone touchdown. You, uh, red zone, uh, red zone fumble. You couldn't do it. Yeah. Just, uh, um, could not do it. Good. Unbelievable. Luck. He's been good Lord. Yeah. I mean, this was the gettable year and you, you done got, got, I, I don't, I mean, you should go back to that week 16 game where they lost to Vegas 
Um, that was Christmas Day, wasn't it? I believe that was Christmas yeah. Day. Something like that. Yeah. And was... um, I remember my uncle, I've told this story. My uncle came late to Christmas and he was like, sorry, I was watching Mahomes. I can't stand Mahomes. I just wanted to see him get beat. <laughs> and um, I remember the vibes after that game being like all time low. Um, an eight out of four in that game, by the way, which was the, his wor- lowest of the season. Um, you know, just, just five turnover they plays, um, just an absolute disaster. And then, yeah, <laughs> I mean, he took four sacks in that game and he took, uh, he took seven the rest of the way, just, <laughs> just lowest, um, eight, lowest eight out of his career this year and highest time to throw. Yeah. F- figure out that combination. I well, mean, that's what happens. So, I mean, that's so what, huge man. frustrating, huge frustration. Yeah. Extending plays, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. Extending plays, there's nothing. Or it's a short dump down. Mm-hmm. I just keep imagining this, and this is a team. Interesting. Again, two teams. The last thing I'll say. I mean, so the Brock Purdy part that comes out of Trey Lance whiff, and the team doesn't miss a beat. The team is still going deep into playoffs with a categorical, historical whiff trading up for someone that they view as could be a differentiator at, at the most important position. Then you shift this over to uh, Patrick Mahomes and the times that they could have Jonathan Taylor right now. Sky Moore turned into nothing. He was nothing for them. A second round pick. I mean, so Rasheed Rice without him, I, I mean, there's five or six guys on this team, not named Patrick Mahomes where you go, I don't know how they win, mm-hmm. but those guys were all healthy. I mean, if, if you can say Kelsey, you know, down the stretch, oh, big concerns, but if they don't have them down the stretch of the season, they, they can't win. I don't know if they can win without Rasheed Rice. I don't know if they could have won without Chris Jones. I don't know if they could have won without Jadarius uh, uh, Steen. I, all those guys, they all have to be healthy. Yeah. And just, again, they, they whipped on picks. They drafted Clyde Edwards freaking Allaire mm-hmm. in the first round. We called that out at the time. Imagine this team with any Jonathan of those guys. Taylor right? and DK Metcalf instead of Clyde right. Edwards. But, and... but any of those other guys, right? right? Other than J.K. Dobbins with the injuries. But if that was DeAndre Swift in this backfield, if that's Jonathan Taylor, I still believe Cam Akers would have been fine in this offense. Like, I just, anyway. Yeah, without the injuries. Yeah, it would have been a different yeah. story. Man. Yeah, so just, anyway. But I, I think it's just a, like you said. Uh, so do you think, so beyond the aggressiveness thing, the team to beat the Chiefs or beat Mahomes is it you build up you've already said kind of but it's the build up the offense to just juggernaut you have to be able to score score it like you can't really develop the defense that isn't going to break down Tampa Bay had it that historic run and they pestered him more than we've ever seen anyone in that that Tampa Bay run rough shot Super Bowl yeah, they were, like an all, they were all-star. I mean, honestly, the 49ers, underwhelming defense. They played pretty well early in this game, but then they just got shredded. Right. That was on brand. For the last month, that's exactly what happened to them all the time. Yeah, I, and this is going to sound crazy. I, I don't think the quality of your defense matters to beating him, right? I mean, it's just yeah. he is going to saying. get them in the end. He just, he just is. And, you know, so, I, like, I think you have to really come at this. Like, you've got to have your... You, know, you got to have field, your, field your game theory right, right? I mean, you have to, you know, you, you, you need variance to be because over time, right? Over time, the the longer you play him, the more his advantages is going to his his advantage is going to play out because he's better than you, right? So that's why you want shorter sample size. You know, there's a book uh, Annie Duke wrote. Uh, she's a former uh, uh, professional poker player. Now she's a psych. Uh, she does like um. um so yeah, I think she's a teacher, professor of like psychiatry now, um, or psychology or whatever. Um, but she uh, tells a really good story, and she was new to poker, and one of her teachers was a guy by the name of Eric Seidel, who's an all-time great poker player. And she actually gets into a tournament with him. Heads up, it's a heads-up tournament, right? We're just playing one another, and she gets to the final table with him, and she her strategy at that point is like she knew that he was better than than she was right it was her teacher right so she got in a situation where she knew that he was better 
than she was. So the longer the game went on, the more his advantage was going to run up. So she had to make really specific decisions to get in early and kind of play this, right? You want to play a quick one-off. You don't want to go long. You want to play this short um, and you want to get in quickly and get it over with one way or another. You don't want to play them long. And I do think that's a really good analogy for what you need to do to Mahomes. Like when you get the chance to take four downs on him and give him only three, that, that is a big difference, right? When you, I mean, Shanahan, you can't give away possessions at the end of halves, right? And he did it again in this game, right? And you just can't, you just can't do that. And that's why, like, I'll never fault a guy like Dan Campbell for going for it and saying, like, listen, I'm going to try and maximize every edge I got because, like, I might never get back here. And I would much rather do that than play this. Like, they left, they end up taking a, a timeout at the end of the half to, like, preserve, what, 23 seconds when they left two in their pocket. And then they run the ball or whatever. They they run, like, a one play at the end of the half and then let the clock roll out. Like, what do you do? Like, you can't expect to beat Mahomes if you're giving away possessions and you're giving away plays, right? Like, it's just, it becomes a, a just a math problem. And I just, I, I, I I just, I don't, I don't know if yeah, teams don't think about it that way or, or you know. Well, they also, I, I view it as time and space. Like every time I see this where when a team gets, especially inside the 15-yard line, you have that first down marker, you know, especially if it's inside the five-yard line, and you basically need to play towards the sticks because you have to say how many plays are left on this possession, how many timeouts do we have, and then functionally, how many plays slash how much of a possession can we provide ourselves? Because you get these teams where if you had a couple timeouts left and it's second down and they run the ball, so many teams don't take the timeout. It's like you take the timeout because the odds of them finding the middle, you always talk about like betting wise, you know, find that middle of them getting the first down, but not scoring a touchdown. And then the clock can roll and it didn't go out of bounds. Like it's a very finite way for them to roll the clock and garner three more plays and keep the drive going and truly bleed it out on you, whether it's first half, end of game, whatever. And I, so many teams on defense botch it. They don't think of it like you can save. There was a couple podcasts that always say the line this way, which is, I mean, you can save time on offense way easier than you can save it on defense and teams don't view it that way which is which is kind of nutty they view it as you know and, and there's all this stuff about before the two-minute warning and stuff but the first half so many teams go in with timeouts and so many times there's more opportunities to gain a possession gain an opportunity because i i mean we're, we're not in the 1986s of you're just going to down the ball at the 25 yard line and be like yeah let's go into this Right. Let's let's go. I can't remember. Remember that first Brady Super Bowl when it was like yeah, pretty like considered risque, right? Yep. There's like a minute thirty yep. left, and they were gonna have the ball at the twenty or what? Like again, regular regular time and distance stuff. Yep. Where that's nowadays you would get booed. Oh yeah. You literally would get booed by like yeah. a neutral crowd probably if you did that. Ah, oh, they're going to overtime. Yeah, for sure. And and by the way, there's there's other scenarios too, like. You know, you, and and this is the t type of thing I'm talking about. Like, you kind of it's got to be a top down approach on these things, and it doesn't seem like it is for a lot of these teams. But like, and I think yesterday is a good example of this. Like, okay, at the end of that first half, right, you have to be like, okay, we there's two things that we want. We want a chance to score. So how do we do that? Well, preserve timeouts and limit plays, right? So like, you should actually be trying to ramp up the aggressiveness of your defense in that point, like to try and heat up Mahomes and, and to try to force them out of getting first down. Like you should have more aggression towards that because like you want to be able to still preserve time and go down and score. Right. So I, I just, you know, because even if you, if you give up a touchdown and you go down and score a touchdown, right. Like it's, it's, it's better than them kicking a field goal and no points being scored. Like the net of the net of each of you scoring a touchdown is zero. The the net of Mahomes kicking a field goal and you scoring nothing is negative three. Right. So like you have to, I don't know. I just I think that there's more. I just I, you know, I, I I just think that there's you have to kind of lean into the aggressiveness of like you know, of hey, he's going to like he's gonna beat you. Oh, he's gonna get his, like he's gonna get his. You have to figure out a way to get yours. And it's, it ain't giving it away. 
at the end of the half. Like it, I just, I just, it's just really, it's really something. I just, I just have a really hard time understanding. Like uh, so many of these teams, like you'll see these scouts and we went to the senior bowl and, and honestly, I don't need to go back to the senior bowl because I saw enough of what I need to see, but these teams act like it's, it's, it's Fort Knox, you know, and, and you had like, you know, the, the uh, secret service equivalent if, around uh, North Carolina's head coach when they were interviewing about Mitchell Trubisky at that, at that senior bowl we were at. And, um, <laughs> all of that energy goes into all of those things. And then you leave, which again, I don't know how much like any of that stuff truly even matters because like, there's a, a, a real strong, a strong track record to say that you, even with all of that effort, you don't get it right. Um, and this is, I think, true in Dynasty as well. Um, you spend all of that time and energy on those like microscopic perceived edges because you don't want to miss out. Deception but then you, and, yeah. but then you, you miss on these like on like the the two or three or four percent win percentage probability. Games actually game. being played. Yeah, the yeah. game's actually being played. Like this is the game. Like I don't yes. think you're. Like, so you do this, you know, uh, you know, uh, veiled, you know, card up the sleeve sort of stuff about everything. Never say a word, never reveal this. And in game, like you just said, you're hemorrhaging when the decisions and the outcomes are actually on the line. And yet you're worried. Here's the other thing. Like you could tell, you know, if you're the Cowboys and you tell the Giants, like, hey, here, here's who we're thinking of drafting. Again, I've said like with Dynasty before, I mean, the. So if they draft off of your board, what does that say? Right. Like they're already con- conceding that you're better. Right. Basically. Right. right? And then they're probably the hubris is, you know, well, they're idiots. Probably the hubris reaction would be they're idiots. Let them. Right. Mm-hmm. Or if they're going to trade up above you, who's to say that that's the right guy. You just said mm-hmm. like, they're bad at this. Mm-hmm. They're inherently bad. Mm-hmm. And yet they, they want to spend a lot of time and attention. And then like you just said, simple things like clock, and decision making and game theory and probabilities and who are you playing and how are we actually going to win this freaking game not week six not week 14 not divisional round super bowl good luck mm-hmm. good luck how many cracks you get in your career mm-hmm. and, and they yeah. just they, they just wipe it away yeah i was trying and, to think of the yeah go ahead well, well i was, I, I was yeah. trying to think of the dynasty equivalent mm-hmm. of like what what kind of we're talking about and i think it's the repetitive nature of some of the things we say I think that would be, you know, the it sounds simple because it is. And and like something you say, which is, you know, if you have two or three things you're trying to do, like how do I want to make this team better? Well, you know, there's a sort of a checklist, a hierarchy of like, well, how good are your quarterbacks and superflex? Like, you know, let's move on if it's tight end premium. Let's move on to, you know, more sustainable aspects uh year over year. You know, what's gonna get you through? And focusing on that over and over again it's repetitive and you might go through and you're like hey, i spent 30 minutes sending some trade offers in this one league and uh you know i got a couple counter offers nothing whatever it's like all right so you did that well to say that 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 is fruitless and you can't get a deal done two weeks from now or at your rookie draft or in july of the same ilk you still need to go after the same things like the guidelines are still the same and just because you weren't able to get something done today yeah, maybe off a little more, you know, just because you offered something doesn't mean you offered the right thing. Cause I always think there's a deal there. You, you may not love the deal, mm-hmm. um, but I always think there's a, a possible deal on the table. And when we say, you know, like get Mahomes, get Josh Allen, get, you know, like, like, do you have one of those guys? Do you have both of those guys? Like it's, it's, it's repetitive, but really ask yourself how many quarterbacks do you trust and to how much? Like, mm-hmm. like, I think that's what's like, right. I mean, in NFL terms, you trust Mahomes. Every, there's a group of other guys, you know, so it's kind of the same thing. If you don't have that guy, you're kind of sitting there going, what are we doing? And in Superflex, you sit there and say, if I'm not good enough at quarterback, I mean, are there ways that you get super lucky and you get a punt return fumble and you get this or that and you can do good things this year? And, you know, sometimes the five seed wins, you know, with, you know, two no-name quarterbacks. It could happen. That's not the most likely outcome. Mm-hmm. You'd rather be the other team because it's, more difficult for you not, you know, to, you know, uh, underachieve. So I, I just, I think that would be the equivalent is, you know, we kind of focus on the same thing over and over again, the NFL teams. Hey, how about you focus on winning the game? You got to the game. Congratulations. Win it. Do everything you can to win it. And that's why we say, you know, like in your super flex startup draft or in trading, yeah, try to get those guys, 
over and over again. Try to get those guys. Dynasty Trades of the Week. And, of course, we're going to talk about uh, some of the big boys in Dynasty Asset Land. And starting off with, did I get enough for Jalen Hurts? So this package is for Brock Purdy and a 24 first. So part of it is, how high does that pick need to be, needs to be? And does that matter? And obviously, you're giving up a better quarterback for, especially fantasy-wise, for one that Brock Purdy gives us a chance to discuss him now that uh, obviously you know he will be underpaid yet again in the 2024 season next offseason will be the pivotal one of where do the 49ers sit with their seventh round star um by the way purdy sits behind justin fields in dynasty valuation at fantasy calc which is a decision um so that's the first thing that's my first reaction to this. um i think it matters where the pick is i'll say this yeah. if it's not a top two pick give me hurts right i think I, you know, this just goes back to the conversation we're talking about, right? Like, do you have an alien or do you not? And I just think like, I'd rather have, I'd rather have hurt. So I think it's like the alien, right. That can go quarterback one quarterback two, like, you know, and you juxtapose that against right Purdy, who we by and large, like, I don't think it's the most, um, you know, from a dynasty valuation standpoint, I don't think he's ever gonna be a first round startup pick. Uh, And you, look at what that pick is going to be right if it's not a top two pick if it's something in the middle part of the round or even a, a later first what are you taking up with a wide receiver right like we know that that's not a trade that you want to make and that's basically you're trading up in a rookie draft for a wide receiver at this in this deal and i just that's not a decision that that generally you want to make so i would take hurts here um i would also kind of shop around to see hey is that is lamar jackson there right like now, is hurts your is your is hurts your particular type of uh type of T up there? Is Lamar Jackson available? Is you know, have you sort of shopped that around to to Herbert? Maybe like Herbert better. Like I wouldn't just necessarily settle on Hertz, but I would settle on Hertz as being like one of those super max guys over a guy like Purdy uh in this deal. Yeah, and if, if this is a mid first, I think you set the line really well. I think the minimum you know, for this for this to work out, or you know, I'm getting an asset here with that 24 first. I think it does have to be 101, 102. Um, and that's my line, like looking at uh, the values here. If it slips to 103, I would call that neutral-ish. And again, neutral means you're leaving. You know, that that you got to get more. If you're selling Hertz, you're selling the best asset in the deal. And you can you can like Drake May as much as I like Drake May. You can like Marvin Harrison as much as some of the biggest out there or Jaden Daniels or whatever. And that is how you get in real trouble. And I would say of the two of us, I'm, I'm speaking for both, but I, I think I have a little more concern about Jalen Hurts, uh, you know, just how this turns out over the next few years than you do. But it's still like I'm saying this still as someone who is more tepid on him, uh, historically speaking, or for the next uh, few years here. And so here's the other thing. If this is 102, go go after something else. Like 102 is a big chip. Mm-hmm. And you're selling it really early uh, where we have information, but we don't have a lot of the information. You know, we still got two and a half months to go. And so that 102, you even if you have Jalen Hurts as your QB3 in Dynasty, I, I, I just wonder if you could have done better, um, you know, just in general. Because you, you're liquid right now, then you turn that into Hurts. And, and the good news is, I will say, is you go to Hurts, and now you can go from Hurts to... You know, like. Hertz is going to get you more places than Purdy in that first. Correct. Yeah. I like think we're both really kind of surprised, point. right? I mean, we're both surprised that like this trade isn't to get, I'm trying to think of who it would be, um, you know, in that lower QB one zone. I mean, but I don't know if it's going to move the needle this much. I mean, maybe you're getting Herbert, maybe, you know, if, if someone still has him at QB seven, eight, something like that in dynasty, this seems applicable. It seems like a quote unquote fair trade um, in that regard. All right, we got a couple more. Let's keep with the quarterback uh, trajectory here. We've got CJ Stroud on the move. He's going to be a big one this offseason on how how much, how high up the hierarchy at Dynasty quarterback do you feel or do you want to pivot? And this this time they pivoted from Stroud, to, including DeAndre Swift and a 24 second for Joe Burrow and a 26 first. So this, this actually harkens back to the conversation we had earlier. Right. And I think this is a a really interesting question about like how you value Burrow. Right. Um, I think generally speaking, when you have two quarterbacks, one of them who's hit multiple times and one of them that's only hit once, you take the guy who's hit multiple times. 
right? And that's just the general rule on these things. Um, but to that end, I, I do think that there is some, um, I don't know if, if Joe Burrow is an elite scorer in dynasty. You know, I just, I don't know if, if that's what he's ultimately going to be or not. Uh, and I just, I, I struggle to see, like, I, I really struggle to see like top three fantasy outcomes from him. And again, like we've talked about this, like you mentioned this with the Mahomes conversation, this is going to be really true about Burrow, which is things are going to get worse now for you. Because now, are you going to be able to pay T. Higgins? We're not sure on that. You're going to have to pay Jamar Chase, right? All that's going to come with consequences. Uh, so I do think like there is some of that coming from him, and we've seen guys who don't have some of the elite, you know, who just aren't aliens um, and don't have some of the elite uh, physical tools. A guy like Dak Prescott comes to mind, who once they started losing guys, right? Some of the top came off that fantasy outcome. So that's that's a bit of my concern with with Burrow sort of in that end. And he he's been a guy who we haven't seen truly elite stuff from at the quarterback play, uh, you know, from a from a fantasy scoring perspective. So that's that's the concern there that I have with him. Um, by the way, Stroud's going higher than him in drafts, which is interesting. Um, again, I would I, I just as a general rule, I would take the Burrow profile over the Stroud profile. But, you know, Burrow's 28. Right. Stroud's. Stroud's going to be 23. So there that's again, that's not old for a quarterback, but we've only seen two top 12 seasonal finishes from Burrow and he's going to be 28 years old. So that is a, that is an interesting factor as well. Um, so again, the quarterback's interesting. Like, I don't know how much like that pick that picks interesting from the perspective of like, all right, is that a long-term bet against Stroud? Cause like, if you're like, all right, I'm, I'm not sold on Stroud and you know, maybe he kind of comes back to the pack and you see it over the next couple of years. Like that could be a, a deal. I don't know. I don't think that picks ever truly going to be that, that early would be my concern. If you have Stroud at quarterback, I'm not that concerned about him falling off long-term like some of these um, other early starters have had. I don't know. I think I'm taking the Stroud side. Um, I just, <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a, I think it's a fair deal. Um, I think I'm taking the Stroud side because I see more ceiling from him and I'm not concerned about his floor. And again, I, I'm I'm not scared of Burrow's ceiling, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I think either both of the quarterbacks don't really have the exact DNA you would want for <laughs> projecting elite stuff. You know, enough rushing is the code I'm talking about. Um, I do think there's a little Burrow stink on this from, hey, you know, didn't have a good year hurt uh like you said you're talking more macro stuff which i think is more valid than people just saying ah down year he was hurt blah 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 injury prone like if you throw that type of stuff around i i kind of just gloss over um so uh, to me it comes down to the first i would rather bank that future first give me an asset there um i think you know throw in the swift throw in the the second it really is stroud for burrow and i think that first you know if you wipe the picks out of there uh, I think a lot of that macro discussion is you pretty much do have to decide, but to me, it's close enough um, that I would take the first just because it gives me a lot of flexibility later to include mm -hmm. that in a bigger deal. If I need a, a wide receiver in season, I can go and, and find something. And I just view them as it's pretty similar. You mentioned the age difference and I don't know. I, I think mid you know, later twenties to earlier twenties, I, I don't know. I know. I know. We're seeing Dak Prescott hit three zero, and people are. I think that's part about Dak Prescott as well as just turning older of the notable high quarterbacks there. So, um, yeah, yeah, that, right. that's that's fair. I I would just say that what's the which one of these deals is closer to an elite quarterback, right? I think I think you're more likely to to be able to trade Stroud plus for Patrick Mahomes than you are to trade Burrow in that first for Patrick Mahomes. Right. I just, okay. I, that's that, yeah, even if you're not necessarily sold on Stroud, I think that deal is more likely to happen. You know, and by the way, I just put in fantasy calcs trade calculator. I shout them out because I think it's a good resource. Um, a, a 2025 first in Burrow doesn't get you Mahomes. Uh, a 2025 first in Stroud uh, gets you well more than Mahomes. So again, All if right. you're kind of thinking about it from that perspective, I think it's closer to a deal for an elite quarterback if you want to go that route. Okay. Well, it seems like they were pretty close to that with Stroud and they went for Burrow instead. So mm -hmm. we want to point that out, right? I mean, they went Stroud and a second and Swift, which is sort of, I mean, could that be Stroud and elite first? You know, I mean, you're pretty close. The point is you're mm -hmm. pretty close mm -hmm. and, and they chose to go for Burrow. So I, yeah. And here's the other thing. Guess what? We talk about this so much. 
sometimes you know the Mahomes owner, the Allen owner, they're not going to listen. So <laughs> it takes a it takes a you know I mean literally I mean if someone sent us an offer like that, what do we say, Jordan? Like it's just not not well, I got into this position not to trade it away. So exactly. Yeah, see you in 2027. We'll, we'll revisit this for a, a future date. Right. Um, last one here. We got a wide receiver centric trade. We got Garrett Wilson and a 24 second again for Sequan Barkley and Jalen Waddle. Um, wow, how the mighty have fallen was I think the reaction to this on the on the on the Barkley side. Right. This feels like it's cheap, cheap Barkley, or you're putting Garrett Wilson in an absolutely transcendent category. I don't know. I like. Waddle versus Garrett Wilson's pretty even to me. I know Garrett Wilson's like a year younger. Um, this feels like cheap Barkley was kind of my reaction. Yeah, I'm not yeah, you and I aren't the biggest Garrett Wilson. Yeah, we're not anointing Garrett Wilson, and I think you're buying Jalen Waddle low. I think you're buying both sides of that low. And you know, buying low uh by selling a by arbitraging off a receiver is the way to go. Right. So I would I like that side of the deal quite a bit. Yeah, it seems like Barkley's one of those guys. He's got gotten old enough. Uh, the Giants haven't been very good. There's a lot of narrative stuff going on. That, but here's the other thing: Barkley is the exact type when you talk about elite pedigree. Uh, when you talk about uh, receiving upside, a lot of these traits. That's what you're looking for in your later 20s for a guy that is going to beat the common curve for decline. Uh, someone that is going to stick around. And I mean, he feels like. He's a different type of player, but doesn't he feel a little bit like Adrian Peterson in the vein of like he's going to have a lot of chances, mm -hmm. uh, you know, as he erodes and he has, frankly, he has movement skills, athleticism to lose and still be a fully functional NFL back. And heck, I think the last year or so we've seen that rip away a little bit and he's, he can still easily be a top 12 to 15 guy. Regardless of situation, he's still going to get fed, um, all of that. And he really hasn't had a good situation yet in his career. So there's still prospect. I mean, he's entering free agency. Like, I think he's the exact type of guy. Like, if he gets let loose, I wouldn't view that as a bad thing. Like, there's some, like, what I always say is when we go into free agency, and honestly, you know, we can, we'll have a show about that at some point or talk about adjacent subjects in the, in the next few weeks. But there's certain, some players, that free agency would be a good thing. And most players, it speaks to that, oh, well, your team doesn't want you. Like that's innately, we should factor that in. Like they let you go, let you walk. It's not a trade. Go out there, see ya. And that's generally not a good thing. It generally turns out worse for fantasy. And for Sequin Barkley though, again, tags and, you know, uh, turmoil and all this stuff, like they've been through a lot together. And so, the, and, and at the running back position. So it's a little different than your, you know, if, if the Bengals were to just let T. Higgins walk, which will net, which will not happen. So yeah. it's just, so that's where you have to kind of look at it with a more, uh, a more scrubbed eye of what's really going on here. And for second one, Barkley, generally a bad situation. He's never really been paired with a good quarterback, you know, and, and the situation could improve like Christian McCaffrey, right? Like he was doing everything for the, for the Panthers. You push him over to the 49ers and it's like, oh, oh, and they're still featuring him, you know, like, thank you. know, And that's where you get these types of outcomes. So I just uh, that's what would be be some of the things I'd be thinking about with Barkley, because he is being traded for some naked seconds and stuff like that. And you should just pound that like we, we're pretty protective about like trading picks for players this time of year. But <laughs> what are you hoping to get out of a second round pick is what I would ask. Good luck in the getting a day three running back this year with that pick. I will I will mark that one in pen uh, <laughs> three months out. So get Sequan Barkley now, and that's kind of the proxy because I think we're both speaking about you know Wilson Waddle. I mean, I I prefer, I prefer Waddle, and I know that's probably a a, a a scorned opinion, but show it to me, Garrett Wilson, before I'm going to anoint you way up. Like you didn't get the the top elite pedigree coming out of the draft. Um, and you can say it's all in the quarterback. Who's to say Aaron Rodgers at 40, 41 erector set glue them together. Like one of those, uh, one of those popsicle stick bridges. And like, who's to say, like, you're going to get this magical Rodgers to, to Garrett Wilson connection for a, a top three finish next year for Garrett Wilson. I, I just, everyone in dynasty is like assuming that. And I think mm -hmm. that's a real big mistake. And, and again, 
good luck getting Barkley for, you know, good luck getting as good of, of a Barkley type profile with that second round pick. Good luck sharpshooting like that in the draft. Yeah. Um, I wanted to just say one thing, you know, I, I don't have some great uh, overarching thing, for, but I'll try to put it together here from life and dynasty, which is stop making excuses. Uh, you know, that, that I've said before, this is the perfect time of year. I said it for January, which is in, in, in dynasty, make learn what you're you know uh, self-scout of what you're not good at and and it, it sounds cliche but start looking at, at what you're actually doing you know and i do that i pick a few leagues it's it's hard to do it if you're in a bunch you know dozens to do this in every league but take some time and do some research on yourself or in your league and, and go because it really has reformatted myself in a lot of ways. Look at how you spend your waiver dollars. Does it actually matter? Look back and see, oh, I picked this guy up week four. We have a you know little pea brain memory. Like, do you remember how you spent your waiver dollars by and large? Did you spend 50% on somebody? Did you spend 20%? Did you dink and, you know, dink and dunk all year? Um, how was it when you picked guys up in the summer? How did that go? Uh, who picked up Puka Nakua? When did they pick him up? What did they spend? Like, I, it fascinates me. One thing I learned last year looking at this was I, I made some of my best pickups were first come, first serve. It was not the guys I bid on. So that reformats your brain. Like we've talked about before, that secondary period of Friday, Saturday, Sunday of waiver pickup, of free agent pickups, that can be more impactful. And it certainly is undervalued compared to the lesser information you have on Tuesday or Wednesday. We just don't have much in terms of who's in, who's out, final, you know, what's going on with this guy's injury. You're going to know a heck of a lot more on Friday and Saturday. So I, I that's one thing, you know, self-scouting in life of, you know, if you're trying to get better at something, you actually have to say, what does it take? Are you really going, quote unquote, all in? Whether that's 20 minutes a day, whether that's saying, you know, I'm going to write a text to myself or that's going to be the title of my alarm clock that's going to go off. So when I pick up the phone, it says that right on my phone, like what's important, you know, or what am I going to try to do or what have I not been doing that's going to become a new habit, whatever it is. And I think in Dynasty, we really have to, if you want to not go into week one next year and do the same freaking thing you've been doing every year, you've got to put it into practice now. And you've got to write it down and you've got to hold yourself accountable. What trades do you suck at? What trades are you good at? And it sounds cliche, but do more of the ones you're good at and less of the ones you suck at. I've said it, I've said it countless times. I've got a, a database that I harshly grade myself and I've got some crappy trades from years ago in there. And guess what? It was buying running back in season when I'm trying to make a push and I just stopped doing it. And again, it wasn't part of some macro dynasty analyst guidebook or i'm going to create content for this and this will be fun no it was literally i made a bunch of bad trades year over year league over league trying to patch it together and like by Lashawn mccoy it's 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 october and november and i need running back but there's no guarantees healthy in those you know week 15 week 16 games and that that was the theme the theme was i was buying guys trying to patch it and it ended up not even helping me in the in the biggest games and you're trying to sharpshoot i've said and this is why it's a mantra now you're trying to sharpshoot one guy he's got to come through and i have to win in this one particular week otherwise i'm not going to like this trade it wasn't a dynasty trade lesson learned it was a hard lesson it took a lot of data points there um but you emerge on the other side so what's your example of that you know so make sure that you know the types of deals whether it's historical or you made them in, again in 2023 what are you not good at? And and then you can reverse engineer it and say, hey, I suck at making these trades. So how am I going to address that without trading or without trading in this way going forward? It doesn't mean you can't address the position or you know, if it's a certain type of trade or heck, I really stink at trading rookie picks or whatever it is, but stop doing it. And then you can figure out, well, what am I going to do instead later? But if you just stop it and turn the faucet off, Kind of like bad habits in life. You know, if you just stop doing this, it's like, well, how am I going to fill my time or what's going to be my my crutch in this situation? I don't know. <laughs> That's the second part. That's one B, but one A is just stop. <laughs> so it can be hard in Dynasty as in life. Yeah. And I, that melds well with what we talked about at the beginning of the show. So amen. There you go.
All right. And uh, we got the premium side of Dynasty Think Tank this week. We're going to talk uh, a couple more teams as we talk about the uh, the Dynasty Court, uh, continue looking at these non-playoff teams and what can we glob onto uh, for Dynasty. And uh, also, we got a huge reservoir, uh, as you mentioned, Jordan, that of these long-form discussions over the days and weeks, you get data, uh, the entire database there, entire uh, Rolodex of, of shows that we have coming through. And I, I'm just really excited. Like The analysis we're going to be able to do as we go through different topics in the offseason, true dynasty team building and foundational aspects. We've got NFL free agency uh, coming up, as well as the NFL draft. So some cornerstone moments as we now get into uh the other half of the season which is life without on-field football thanks for listening this week to dynasty think tank you can follow us on twitter at chad parsons nfl at mcmary dynasty plus we have our own dynasty content streams at analyticsofdynasty.com and utsdynasty.com as always unlock your ceiling and seek elite results 